passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Episode 135, For the Love of the Game, on the Believe Podcast Network with yours truly, Aaron Tobin, has is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, we are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NFL season, NBA season, college basketball, college football, and more. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, 50, to receive your 50% bonus. Again, B-L-E-A-V, 50, get your 50% deposit bonus. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. With that said, episode 135, for the love of the game, let's get this work. No leash on my exotic pet, exotic card, no leash. And I designed it, back to be flooded with diamonds. Cause they call me your highness, sipping on medicine. With no cough for no sinus, get a lot more the sirens. I'm on a new level, I'm on it, I'm on it. I'm on a new level, I'm on it, I'm on it. I'm on a new level, I'm on it, I'm on it. I'm on a new level, I'm on a new level. You know what it is, episode 135 for the love of the game with your boy ATH Aaron Tobin has back behind the mic. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. So let's dive right in. All right. So first things first, baseball. We're on strike. We have the first labor stoppage in baseball since 1994. Players Union went out on strike. And that's really good. I mean, it's not good. But if you're a Yankee fan like me and you were watching the MLB offseason unfold, you see big contracts being signed all over the place the New York Mets being super active, and the Yankees sitting pat with their thumb in their ass trying to run this back again, thinking that something different is going to work, drive me absolutely crazy. Well, this baseball stoppage is, I guess, a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Starling Marte, somebody I wanted the Yankees to be in on, not going to happen. All right, I didn't think they were going to be on Max Scherzer, but it's just unbelievable to me that a team as wealthy as the New York freaking Yankees can't do anything, can't do anything, and that they're content with being mediocre and not going anywhere. They are content with having a team that's going to win 90 to 93 games, maybe make a wild card game, and that's it. That's what they're content with. This is what happens when the team is owned by a family where the baseball team is the family business, all right? That's their primary source of income. And they're acting like a small market team, and it's infuriating. It's damn infuriating. I made the case weeks ago that even before the Scherzer signing, I made the case that it was better to be a Met fan right now than a Yankee fan. And I've been proven correct about that. But again, none of that really matters right now because baseball is at a stoppage right now. Shout out to the New York Rangers who are playing awesome, awesome hockey. I know they lost last night 7-3 against Colorado Avalanche, but they've been playing great. The winning streak had to come to an end, but they've been playing excellent, excellent hockey, and it's just been a pleasure to watch. A team that is not a pleasure to watch right now is the New York Knicks. There's just something off. There's something off. 
full disclosure, I didn't really watch much of last night's game. I, I had other plans. I was playing pickup hoops. Did not play particularly well. So yesterday was a frustrating day for your boy. It's just been bad. It's just been bad. A couple of things that need to be spoken about. One, I, I'm very done with the Mitchell Robinson experience. All right? I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I know he had a nice game against the San Antonio Spurs. But he doesn't, he hasn't improved in anything. On the offensive end, if he's not able to catch the ball off an offensive rebound for a dunk or catch it in no traffic and have an easy layup or a dunk, he's completely useless, all right? If there's any traffic around him, he is unable to do anything. He can't take a power dribble, get himself in position, set his feet, and dunk the ball. And he's a great athlete. And on defense, his pick-and-roll defense is atrocious. It's absolutely atrocious. And you saw it against Vucevic and the Bulls the other night. Mitchell Robinson was a big reason why they lost that game because he just allowed Vooch to basically go buck wild from three. All right? He has no concept of who he's playing against. Let Lonzo Ball shoot off the dribble, pull up jumpers. All right? He's not who you have to worry about. And he just lacks a daisical in closing out on shooters. I'm just done. I'm done with it. I'd rather see Nerlens Noel play instead of him. And in the right matchup, I'd rather see Obi Toppin and Julius Randle together, especially against the Bulls. All right? So I'm done with Mitch. All right? That's number one. Number two. Evan Fournier apparently he had a bad stake and he was, that's why he was not himself, but he's only been himself for like three games. Or I should say been good for three games. Knicks fans. I made this case months ago. I'd rather have Lonzo ball. Who's a ball mover and an excellent defender at $20 million a year than Evan Fournier at 18. I was okay with the Fournier contract. I get what the Knicks are trying to do in terms of building a trade package. But would you rather Lonzo Ball? Or would you rather Evan Fournier? It's not close. It's not close. The Knicks are just stagnant. They're just stagnant. And yeah, last night's loss against the Pacers was bad. It was the second night of a back-to-back. You're just, sometimes you're going to get those and you're just going to get screwed. But they're playing down to competition. They're playing up to competition, but they're playing down to competition. And when you do that, you're basically 500. And that's where they are. They need a shakeup. They need something to boost this offense. They really need a ball mover, which is Lonzo Ball. Alec Burks has been better than Kemba Walker in the starting lineup. They've played better, but still, they're, they're missing that little pop that they need. And they need somebody who's a ball mover. The, the long-term solution to point guard is not currently on the roster. It's not. As much as I love Emmanuel quickly, I don't think he's going to be the primary point guard. But I'm open for to try because even when he's in the game, there's more of an energy, right? When Toppin's in the game, there's more of an energy. But we're still doing this BS. We're playing the veterans. Play the kids. Play the kids. Enough about the Knicks. I'm just, I'm just a little frustrated right now. But again perspective now perspective last year they were also a little below 500 now the east is better this year as a collective the east is the better comp of the two right now it's deeper and there aren't as many easy wins but you have to think that the percentages will even out that teams are shooting an absurd percentage against the Knicks from three right now that you hope that it's evens out but Right now, I'm a little frustrated. I'm a little, a little frustrated. This episode of the For the Love of the Game podcast on the Believe Podcast Network is also brought to you by Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts, people. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gifts of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find. At a light price of $800 per carat. That's right, only $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so that they don't have to take them off. 
They really do make every outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Okay, so quick thoughts on Monday night football this past week and the Patriots handling the Bills 14 to 10. The Patriots only throwing the ball three times the entire game. Now, the Bills should be embarrassed. They should be absolutely embarrassed. The fact that a team went into your home stadium, and I get the weather was crazy, and I get that late in the fourth quarter, that kick from like 30 yards went absolutely haywire. I get all of that. But you cannot allow a team to attempt three passes all game and beat you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, especially for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. It's embarrassing. The Bills should be embarrassed. But for all the Pats fans who are riding high right now, and the Patriots are playing really good football, I get it. They are. For this season, none of it is going to mean anything because I'm telling you now, I am telling you this right now, there is a 0% chance that the New England Patriots win the NFC and an even lower, well, there can't really be a lower than 0% chance, so I'll say it again, and a 0% chance that the New England Patriots win the Super Bowl. So all the Pats fans who are up in my mentions, shout out to Zach Weiner, recurring guest of the program, really good guy, but it's not happening this year, man. It's not happening. Just stop, all right? It's a fun little story. It's great. You know, regular season, it's fine. Let's relax, Pats fans, all right? This isn't Pat's dynasty anymore, okay? It's not happening. It's not happening. And that's okay because you're starting a rookie QB, but it's just not happening. And we all buried the Chiefs weeks ago, and right now it looks like the Chiefs are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl again. That's my, that's my pick. If I had to put a bet down right now, it would be on the Chiefs getting back to the Super Bowl. All right, so before we get into tonight's segment where we're going to be talking about the NBA and specifically the Chicago Bulls and how great they have been to start week 14 picks against the spread last week after two straight winning weeks were two and three the bills really hurt my feelings but the money line parlay hit and the 14 teaser hit so it was a profitability nonetheless but all right here are the week 14 picks against the spread first got the chiefs at home Minus nine and a half against the Raiders. Love the Chiefs in this spot. They're turning things around. I I see a very similar outcome than the outcome against the Broncos. Chiefs minus nine and a half. At two, the Washington football team. Four and a half point underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys at home. Give me the football team. They just play close games. They play close games. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. But they play close games. Home underdogs have been really good this NFL season. And so I'm riding with the football team, even though I hate both of these teams with a passionate three. The Detroit Lions against the Denver Broncos, plus 10. Give me the Lions. They got their first win last week. So congratulations to them. Oh, and Scott Katz, all right? Friend of the program. Love you. But I don't want to hear it about Kirk Cousins anymore, all right? I know what the stats say. I don't care what the stats say. He's just mediocre enough to put you in and your whole organization in a bind because you're going to pay him like he's way better than he is, crippling your flexibility to build a team. So, yeah, I don't want to hear about the Vikings. I don't want to hear about Kirk Cousins. But kudos to the Lions for continuing to play hard. They actually don't have the worst point differential in the league, even though they have the worst record. They have like the fifth or sixth worst point differential. I actually like them to cover the spread this week against the Broncos because the Broncos offense doesn't scare anybody. So that's three. Four, the Packers, minus 12 and a half against the Bears. The Bears are just bad. The wheels are coming off. And Aaron Rodgers really loves to stick it to the Packers. I don't see why he wouldn't do it this week. Again, especially in Lambeau Field. So Packers minus 12 and a half. And at five, I got the Bengals, minus one and a half against the Niners. Normally, I'd like to pick the Niners, but they're just too banged up. No Debo Samuel is their best offensive player. It's just too many injuries for the Niners. 
So I like the Bengals to rebound in this spot because every time you count the Bengals out, they rebound. Every time you think highly of the Bengals, they lose. So it's alternating weeks. This week, it's their time to rebound and be good again. So again, to recap, Chiefs minus nine and a half, Washington plus four and a half, Lions plus 10, Packers minus 12 and a half, Bengals minus one and a half. With that being said, it's time to bring on a recurring guest to talk a little bit of NBA, specifically about his Chicago Bulls in just a matter of moments. As I teased before the monologue, we're going back to the well with NBA. Somebody who I've spoken to multiple times about multiple different topics, one of my favorite recurring guests. He's a Bulls fan, so I'm going to let him gloat a little bit because he and I had differing opinions about what the Bulls would look like entering the season. Right now, he looks way more prophetic than I do, so had to let him gloat. Mr. Aaron Perlstein, welcome back. What's good, brother? How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me again. Awesome. So, as I just mentioned, I'm having you on because the Bulls right now are a top Mm -hmm. three seed in the uh, Eastern Conference, a conference that is better and deeper right now than the Western Conference. I don't think that's really debatable at this point. So did you expect this going into the year? Uh, It's a three-part question. Did you expect this? Is this sustainable? And does anything about this bull start make you nervous that it could revert back to the quote-unquote mean, whatever that mean is, plus that the bottom can fall out? Um, So first off, I would say I didn't – like I'm not going to like gloat and say I – expected this you know i didn't expect no, it to think I, the bulls would be a top three seed right like i have a good amount of money now that i'm 21 i and i was at i uh, visited vegas i have a good amount of money on the over 43 wins that they decided which was blasphemy to me um so good yeah so i was happy about that so i would say that i expected a lot more than what people expected this mediocrity that they expected um, I mean, you got a guy that's just becoming a certified, uh, you know, go-to scorer and all-star in Zach Levine that has shown year in and year out for the past three years that he, you know, he can dang with the best of them. Uh, he shoots it at a high clip uh, <clears throat> and, you know, he can defend well. You got Vucevic, who was kind of hurt, came in the middle of the season last year. Um, no reason to think that he wasn't going to average a double-double, be a force down low. And then you had a guy named like DeMar DeRozan, you know, everyone thinks this was the worst free agency signing in the league. And clearly, you know, you, you go from an all-star starter in Toronto to San Antonio, average 21, um, you know, five and six and end up and apparently you're overrated. Um, you know, apparently you can't play anymore. And apparently averaging that out of the West is is, is terrible. Um, you know, he, he was still a top 25 player coming in, playing with Zach Levine. Um, you know, bringing in Alex Caruso, bringing in Derek Jones, who are all defensive minded guys. Uh, you know, that's how you create a team. And, um, you know, AK and Mark Eversley, they did great in the front office this, this summer. And uh, it's amazing. And uh, would I say is it sustainable? I would say, yeah, I, I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're banging with the best of them. You know, they have two wins against the Nets. Um, you know, they beat the Jazz. Uh, they beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers. Um, you know, I'm not. They, I'm not sure. You know, they beat they beat in the Knicks twice, even though we don't know if the Knicks are actual contenders or not. Uh, I would say, you know, it is 100% sustainable, and I don't really think that like referring to the mean is you know really applicable here. I think that they're just a well-rounded team that's you know ready to contend. So a couple of things. One, I I, I want to when we spoke about the DeMar DeRozan signing slash sign and trade, because it really was a sign and trade, right? Right. It was more of the framework of the contract where mm-hmm. it was like, who are they bidding against? Mm-hmm. You know, because it didn't seem like DeRozan and yeah, maybe he was underrated because a lot of people weren't watching him. In fact, get better in San Antonio. And the fact that NBA analytics of, threes and layups basically all the rage even though i've been harping on the fact that now people who can operate in the mid-range at such an exceptional level which he can because i've seen him do it to my new york knicks three twice already in terms of beating them in in fourth quarter taking two and a half threes a game yeah but but that was the inefficiency right 
Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you've seen it in the playoffs time and time again. It's why James Harden never wins anything in the playoffs because he refuses to take those shots. Right. So, but anyway, so back to DeMar. DeMar's number and asking price at 30 million a year when it didn't seem like anybody was bidding against the Bulls at that level just seemed like a bit of an overpay. Plus, it was a sign-in trade, so they were trading assets where, in fact, that they weren't bidding against anybody. Now, the way you look at it, it's a steal because they're on the short list of five or six teams that can, you know, win the title. And, of course, you do that. Even if the contract that the last two years is not great and, he, you know, he doesn't age well – it's worth it, especially for the Bulls who haven't been, you know, this relevant in a long, long time. Yeah, and I mean, I would, I would say, you know, obviously the contract, the big thirty million a year, but you know, that's what the going rate is these days. You know, that's that's what these guys are getting. He is. I, I don't see how anyone can argue he's not a top twenty-five player in the league. Um, and well, right now, he's on pace to make uh, right. all a, a first-team All NBA potentially. Right. So. You know, you look at it and the point that you have the ability to get someone like that with only Thaddeus Young, who's, you know, way above his, uh, you know, where he was. And, he, you know, he did, had a terrible season last year. Um, you know, I think you say, you know, you do it. You know, you got a guy in Zach Levine who's aging and you obviously want to take advantage of his prime. Um, and, you know, you got Vucevic. You're clearly going to win. You, you, you traded away, um, you know, your first round picks the last two years. I think you, I think it's a bargain and it clearly is showing like that. Well, the thing was that Levine was up for a contract extension. Right. Right. And, and now well, yeah, they, they got to keep uh, him really happy. Yeah. They, they had, they had to keep him happy or else he was going to look to walk because he's at that stage in life. Right. Or I should say his NBA life where he's, he's put up numbers. He finally made his first all-star team last year. He, you know, showed that he's capable more of just getting buckets um, on the Olympics this summer when he was actually brought in to be like a defensive ace, which was Mm -hmm. interesting because he never played defense in the NBA before that. So they had to produce some type of winning environment to keep him happy. And Mm -hmm. he's improved a lot as a decision maker, especially late in fourth quarters, because right now, you know, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands all the time. Because we saw the formula with Zach Levine, as talented as he is, is that if he has the ball in his hands all the time, you know, you weren't winning more than 35 games. Like, that's just what it was. And I think the the skeptics, like myself, were like, well, what is the DeRozan, as good as a playmaker as DeRozan's become, that fit, especially with Levine's contract, when he's trying to establish himself as like a guy, like a legit guy, how is that going to work? How's that going to fit? And much to my, I wouldn't say chagrin because like I'm enjoying watching them except for when they beat the Knicks. Um, but it, it's been seamless. It's been yeah. seamless. And and the, the selflessness of the two of those guys was the key to this season. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's it, I think, incredible. Yeah. I think it comes down to that. I think, you know, I could throw all these analytical things that like, clearly that like all these stats you to say that they actually, you know, connect and match together their games. But I think it comes down to the sheer desire to win. You know, if they really want to win, they will figure it out. You know, guy, Mike D'Antoni got up a few years ago and said that when Russell Westbrook was traded to the Rockets and they, and he said, you know, if Russell Westbrook and James Harden want to win, they'll figure it out. And clearly, you know, they had some, they both wanted to take their shots, everything like that. Here, you know, you just got guys that have a good head on their shoulders. You got Alex Caruso. You got Derek Jones Jr., Javante Green, who haven't had, a, you know, the real ability to be a certified player on a team that are coming here with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, you know, you got DeMar DeRozan, who was clear, who was traded, and his team went on, went on to win the national, uh, win the finals. You know, he's got that big chip on his shoulder, and he just they just want to win. And you can see how they play on the court, and, you know, that goes farther than anything else. Ryan Rosillo said it best. He's like, there are guys who have – you know, individual pedigrees like Levine and DeRozan. And they're just like, at this point, like, do we want to win ball games or we want to put up stats? Right. And right now they, they want to win. DeRozan got close and got beaten by LeBron 
every year in the conference finals. Now, were they really that close? I, I don't think so. I mean, I got suckered into it one year. It wasn't <laughs> happening. Um, but right now, especially given the state of the league and, you know, they, they could easily be in the conference finals and you'd just be like, well, this isn't surprising. Yeah. And we, we spoke and I said that Caruso was going to be the best offseason pickup yeah, for the Bulls. Now, DeRozan has, has shut <laughs> me up pretty good. Hey. Caruso's been excellent. Amazing. And Lonzo Ball, somebody who I wanted the Knicks to get, I'd rather be paying Lonzo Ball $20 million a year than Evan Fournier $18 million a year. I know that much. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I was a big supporter of the Lonzo uh, deal. You know, I think that one, obviously, as we know now, there was we, we heard it weeks before because, <laughs> you know, the trade went, went through at 601. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, I was a big fan. If you actually look at his thing, he's, um, you know, he's improved in every single year he's been in the league. Three point wise, points per game, rebounds per game, efficiency uh, defensively. Um, and he's just beginning to get to where he can, where he can be in the league. And. Uh, getting him in, you know, just a year that he, he wants to prove himself out coming out of New Orleans. Um, I was just such a big fan of that. And he's been such a huge part of the, of the team. Now, are you confident in the jump shot? Staying? 100%. Because I know what the numbers say, but right, right. like, let's use, and again, a one game sample is not, not really anything, right? Guys have off nights. But in the, in the second Knicks game, in the Garden, right? Mm-hmm. Lot, or No, I'm sorry. They only played once in the Garden. They played twice in Chicago. In the game in yeah. the Garden where the Knicks go down 21 points and they, they come back and take the lead in the fourth quarter, it almost gave me uh, an ulcer. Felt like I was passing a kidney stone and my neighbors hated me uh, for making a lot of really loud noises. But anyway, one of the reasons why they got back into that game was – the Knicks dared Lonzo to shoot and mm. they were open threes and a couple of open corner threes and he just didn't make them. And I know what the stats say that he's become a 40% three point shooter, but it's just like, do you trust the jump shot enough? And even, if somebody who, and even somebody who's like a Lonzo defender, like myself, like I've always held my Lonzo stock. Um, I, even I was like a little iffy about it. So what about, so you just said you trusted 100%. From what you've seen, what makes you be like, I'm all in on this guy in terms of just I mean, him as a jump shooter? Number one, you know, just numbers-wise, there is enough usage to take it. I mean, out of 24 uh, – Kirk Goldsberry put the stat out. Out of 24 players that have attempted at least 150 three-pointers, he ranks first in three-point percentage at 44%. Um, you know, I wouldn't – I would argue 150 three-pointers. Lonzo Ball ranked number one in, in three-point percentage at 44%. Um, to me, just numbers wise, nothing else in it. Uh, 153s, that's a very big sample size and enough for me to actually make an opinion on. But, you know, even if, you know, if we want to say that's not true, uh, you know, from when he came to the league at 20, in 2017, he was shooting 30% from three and he's now shooting 44%. Every year it's gradually gotten better. Went from 30 to 32 the 37.5 to 37.8 to now 44. Um, you know, the release is much better. He's got, he, if you watch it, he, he sets his base so much better and, you know, takes that half second to be actually, you know, um, aligned with the basket before he shoots it. Um, and it, it looks pure. And I trust it 1,000%. Even beyond that, why I wanted him with the Knicks is he's just a ball mover, right? Mm-hmm. Not everything's, shot first like if you look at all the Knicks guys not to make this into a Knicks segment but one of their issues is even their creators right are all shot first mm-hmm. Kemba when he was in the lineup is a shot first guy Rose same kind of thing Randall same kind of thing RJ they're all shot first Lonzo's a, a ball mover and a connector and beyond that he's a tremendous defensive player tremendous yeah. defensive player and so is Caruso Mm-hmm. And the Bulls, when you had questions about Zach Levine's defense, right, which were valid, mm-hmm. you had questions about DeMar DeRozan's defense, which were valid, you had questions about Vucevic's defense, which are valid. But at the point of attack for opposing teams' offenses, when you could sick Lonzo and Caruso on guys, 
you know, it doesn't make the back end look as bad. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're even playing Caruso at the four. You know, when Patrick Williams get, went down and Javante Green went into health and safety protocols, they've been starting Caruso at the four. Uh, that's six three-point guard is holding his well, he's own. Only, he's well. only playing the four on offense in a sense where he's not, like, handling the ball that much. He's sure, just, but like, he's, he's – like, he, Even defensively, he's, he's everywhere. I mean, he's yeah. leading the league in steals per game, um, and he's clearly the glue. And, and you know, I think the Lakers are going to be forever sorry that they decided to pay Talon Horton Tucker over uh, Alex Crusoe. You know, this Talon Horton Tucker thing, I'm still waiting for – Everyone for him to blow up like everyone says. Oh, I mean, you've you've must be. I know because we follow each other on Twitter. Like I've been saying this like maybe okay. once a week because the 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 NBA Twitter and the NBA like hipsters who love this guy. I'm just like, why are we making this a thing? <laughs> this isn't a thing. Kalen Horton Tucker is not a thing. He's never gonna be a thing. Like he's a rotation player great like he's not a thing like what are we talking about here and well, he, I, got, he got the 30 million over out his clear stuff yeah and my my laker fan friends are are like apoplectic about it like they can't even yeah. talk about it rationally like it it pains them it right. pains them so much and um so yeah no he's been he's been awesome and yeah. the numbers the numbers were right there for the Lakers, right? Whenever LeBron and Caruso were on the court together, they played really, really, really well. Yep. And they were just like, nah, nah. We're, we're, you know, the luxury tax is what it is. Nah, we're just not going to do that. It just, it's crazy. And I don't begrudge, you know, I, I'm talking from like the Laker fans perspective. Like the Lakers are a family run business now. Like that's their mm-hmm. source of income is the Lakers. So I get that they don't want to pay an exorbitant luxury tax bill, but they could have done something. They just <laughs> lose the guy for free. Like it's, it's malpractice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, back to the bull. So one of the questions I was asking you was, is there anything that makes you nervous where it's just like, you know, hot start, maybe they'll mm-hmm. cool off. Like what are the causes for concern? Uh, you know, there definitely are a few, um, you know, I think that they can, uh, you know, have defensive lapses, even though how good they are, like consistently, uh, especially when everyone's healthy, um, you know, defensively, you know, off screens, things like that, you know, it, it does kind of concern me, especially, uh, you know, that they, they give up a lot of open threes because, you know, that's kind of the defensive mindset. Let them shoot, you know, if, if someone's going to beat us, they're going to outshoot us. And, uh, um, and, you yeah, know, just I think repeat, just repeat that. Cause you cut it in and out for a second. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think, I think we do give up a lot of uh, threes, um, you know, a lot of open threes as well. Cause I think the big thing that Billy Donovan feels like is if, if someone's going to beat us, they're going to outshoot us, uh, you know, and they're going to, if they can outshoot us, they'll beat us. But I mean, like, uh, you know, sometimes that recipe is working right now, but you know, when you get into a game and you know you're playing against a hot team that has four shooters out there, it sometimes can be a little tough to give up that many open threes. But other than that, I mean, I, I would just say health-wise, I mean, they're already being ravaged by by injuries and COVID, and you know, Patrick Williams going down for the year. Um, I would say that you know the kryptonite of this team would be health. Um, if they can all stay on the floor. Uh, it'll be good, but you know, it remains to be seen if that could happen. Well, that, I mean, that's the X factor for everybody. And you mentioned right. obviously the threes that they give up a lot of open ones. I mean, this is basically what's happening to the Knicks now, right? Last year opponents shot terribly against them and they're giving up the same shot quality. And this year it's like Ricky Rubio, who's a career garbage three point shooter comes in and looks like Steve Nash in his prime. Right. Mm-hmm. Or we have, Miles Turner, who goes buck wild from three, hitting seven threes one night. Like sometimes it just, sometimes it just, that's what happens. Like there's, there's three luck, but I, but I, I don't think that's a cause for concern specifically to them because that's just the league. Right. 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 So for me, if I were to be concerned as a, as a Bulls fan is, you know, Lonzo, Lonzo shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lack of depth, like the Patrick Williams injury may come back to haunt them like later on the lack of depth mm-hmm. and especially front court depth. 
and the wrong matchup for them in in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll get to the Eastern Conference as a whole. And like, I don't think they match up well against Milwaukee, but I don't think anybody does personally. And and Philly, you know, I don't. I mean, I yeah, I mean, Philly's have, already beaten them twice. Yeah, and I don't think they have any answer for Joel Embiid, and it's just the guy who's going to just torch them. So, yeah. I mean, those would be my concerns. But if you're a Bulls fan, you have to feel great, right? Like you were coming mm-hmm. into this season expecting, all right, maybe, you know, if we're in the play-in tournament, that's a win, right? If we're like a top – if we're like five or six, that's a win. But right now, they're they're a top three seed and – you know, maybe they're catching teams off guard in the regular season early, but that's a great place to be. That's how you rack up wins and avoid the play-in tournament. Right. I mean, I think the big thing I want to see is consistency until the NBA trade deadline. Um, and if that happens, I fully expect them to be buyers. Um, you know, some guys like Harrison Barnes to come in to play the three or the four. Um, guys like yeah, that. that be- do they have the assets for it, though? Yeah, I would say so. I'd say, you know, there's Kobe White, there's Derek Jones Jr. I would also say... Um, you know, they do have, hold on one second. Hold on. I asked you if they have the assets for it and you come back with me with Kobe white and Derek Jones, Jr. Kobe White's a great young player that if a team wants to retool and rebuild, that's great. First of all, look at the, hold on. Look at the Kings roster. All they have is guards. They don't need another one. Sure. But I'm just saying, you know, Harrison Barnes as an example. I'm saying I, I fully expect I, I them to be fine. I get. I, it. I, I okay. fully expect them to be big players in the buyout market. Um, they have guys want to. Yeah, guys want to come in and contend. And I'm saying if they could keep this going until the trade deadline, uh, we got. You know, there there's a greener grass ahead after the deadline. So looking at the Eastern Conference as a whole, we obviously we just, you know, spoke about the Bulls and waxed poetically about the Bulls. Um, they're one of the teams that that took a leap, that took a jump from last year. Um, when you look at the Eastern Conference as a whole, what, what are your thoughts? Like, what are, what stands out to you? And uh, again, another three-part question. So that's part one. Number two is, are there any teams currently in the top six that you expect to regress? And are there any teams, conversely, that are looking to make a leap into that, you know, six to five, I should say five to ten range? Yeah, uh, I mean, first of all, the glaring thing right away is is the sheer depth. Um, you know, even yeah. all the way down to 12, 13, like Toronto and Indiana, you know, as a Bulls fan, they, they, they scare me. You know, like they, they that's not an easy walk to me. Um, you know, the magic. You know, they got a lot of young players that can go off. You know, it's just the sheer depth. Don't talk to me about the Magic. I am (laughs) furious at the Orlando Magic because they've beaten the Knicks twice already. Yeah. And twice at home. And I was there for one of them. And whatever, (laughs) it makes me mad. But anyway, yeah, continue. Yeah, no, I think it's just – I don't think that there's a very good – And they're uh, horrific. (laughs) They're horrific. I don't think there's a very good argument to say which – conference is better right now i think it's a clear cut the eastern conference is much better um and top of the the top six that i would think would regress i would probably say the washington wizards uh i did not expect this in any way shape or form you know they're, they're playing great ball they're playing um you know very unselfish ball which is really helping them and they but, recently lost seven straight games yes that's yeah but i would say that I fully expect them to regress a little bit. Um, I, I just don't think that they have the go-to guy that you need when you – well, I mean, obviously Bradley Beal, but um, – Who hasn't I just, even been that great this year so far. Right. I just don't think that they have, like, that just full X factor to get them through, like, cr- the clutch games. Uh, I think a lot of like, the top four teams above them, um, you know, just really beat them out in, in, in clutch situations. Um yeah, and I, I I fully expect them to be lower on the totem pole. Still like the playoffs, but lower on the totem pole. Oh, see, so my answer to that was was twofold. One, I say the Wizards. I don't mm-hmm. even think the Wizards are going to end up making the play-in tournament. I think they're going to fall all the way out of it. That's one. And and they have good NBA players. I just I just don't see it. I just don't mm-hmm. see it. The other one is, and they've been a nice story, is Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like Evan Mobley is awesome. 
already. Mm-hmm. I saw him torch the Knicks in person. That was <laughs> wonderful. Um, I mean, he looks like a guy who can be uh, better than Anthony Davis. Whoa, that's that's a lot. Well, especially Anthony Davis this year because Anthony Davis has been trashed this year. But whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm so off Anthony Davis. It's crazy. But yeah, I think he can be better than Anthony Davis. Um, Darius Garland's made a leap. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's enough. Like, I just don't mm-hmm. think there's enough there. So those are the two teams I think are going to regress. Mm-hmm. And in terms of making a leap from when they are in the standings, uh, I think the um, I-, I think the Knicks will get it together and end up being like a 45-ish win team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. I, I'm, this may make me look really stupid in the next couple of weeks, but I do be in that mix. And the other, and the other one is, I think Charlotte mm-hmm. is going to do something. I, yeah. I, I, I like what's going on over there. Yeah. Uh, you know, one that would make the lead to me, I would say, is Atlanta easily. I think that they're a top five talented roster in the league. Um, and I think that they. I don't know. I, I had regression written all over them. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. mean, I think I think I, I Trey Young is a top ten player in the league to me. Really? Uh, yeah, I think he's fully Hold on one second. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I'm gonna need. Okay, we're gonna do this exercise here. I know this is off the <laughs> cuff because this wasn't part of the um, the uh, the outline. Okay, so you say top ten, right? Mm-hmm. There's a clear foursome. Okay. Giannis, Curry, Durant, Jokic. All right. Sure. That's the cream of the crop. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Embiid is knocking on the door, depending on health wise and, and if he's right. If he's right, he's in that mix. Okay. So that's five, right? Yep. As bad as he's been and as out of shape as he's been, Luca's ahead of Trey. Okay. Young. Sure. Okay. Sure. LeBron, healthy, is ahead of Trey Young. Okay. So that's already seven now. We're getting okay. close. So you tell me who else. Would you say Trey if I said Donovan Mitchell, would you say Trey Young is better than Donovan Mitchell? I would say so. I would say more clutch. I would say more efficient. Uh I think he he is a two way player that I can facilitate as well. Um I think he yes. Okay. Damian Lillard, no. Nope. We would disagree there. Okay, Damian Lillard, that's eight. No. Trey Young's better? So. I think so. Anthony Davis. I know I just crapped on him a little bit, but that's only because people think he's a cross between Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan, which is outrageous. Okay, sure. You can put Anthony Davis in there, but I, I think that so that's that's of, already that's that's eight, nine dudes already. Okay, sure. But you're not a ten. And I mean Kawhi Leonard, I would say like in a normal situation, sure, but this season, no. Right. Well um, we're well he's not right. he's he's not playing. Paul George. No. I really think Trey Young is about to You're in on this. And mm-hmm. you're in on this because I would have Paul George right now ahead of ahead of him. I'd have Lillard ahead of him. I'd have Donovan Mitchell for sure ahead of him. I'm not sure about Devin Booker. Okay. As much as I like Booker, I'm not sure about Booker. Because I, I, no. think, I think Mitchell's the – I would say Mitchell right now is the, the seventh best player in the league. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, no, I would say the the Atlanta. Well, the Hawks, Hawks are going to make make a jump. All right, I, I, people, that, them and the Toronto Raptors. I would and say the Raptors. Raptors. Yeah, I mean make you're just getting past the Raptors. You're just getting past Kelsey Siakam back. I mean, I, I I'm done betting against Fred VanVleet and Siakam. You know, they're just ballers. They're guys that high IQ players that. Well, VanVleet. Uh, well, hold on. Will Siakam even be on the team in three months? Well, it remains to be seen. You know, if they can get it together. But you know Gary Trent, I love Gary Trent Jr. at the two. Um, you know he's 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 a baller, and um, you know you got guys that you know just want to win there. And getting Pascal back, um, you know, becoming kind of he- a healthy situation. You know they came into the league, they came into the season not very healthy. Um, I think that they can easily make a jump above New York, Boston, uh, Charlotte, Cleveland. Make the case for Boston because I am off. The same I mean, completely off. Yeah, I mean, the case easily is you know you got two all stars on your team. You got you got guys like two all stars that can easily just create their own shot, you know, with ease. But I think it comes down to 
they failed with their most talented roster twice. Um, and is it still working? I don't know, but there clearly needs to change a change in the environment. You know, they tried with making Brad Stevens the GM. I, I, something's going on there that Jason Taylor and Jalen Brown can't play together. You know, you got Marcus Smart complaining. Um, well, he you always complains. It? Smart <laughs> always complains. He's that guy who's like, who thinks he's more important than he really is. It's like, Mm -hmm. bro, you can't be complaining. Even if sometimes he has a point, right? He can't be the one doing it, which is, I mean, yeah, on paper, on paper, once again, for the last five years on paper, Boston looks like an unbelievable team, but when they get on that court, I'm not sure what happens. Uh, I mean, Tatum's still playing really well, but just, he has no help. Yeah. Is he though? Like, is he, <laughs> is he making anyone on the team better? Is well, it that's just... the question. And, you know, know. I, I'm not, I, I, I am not Jason sure what to Tatum. do. Yeah, I'm not sure what to do for them. They need to trade one of those guys. And personally, I'd hold on to Jalen Brown. I would trade Tatum. Interesting. No, I, I would hold I'm on I'm out to on Tatum. I'm out. Everybody's telling me that Jason Tatum's is an all-NBA guy. All-NBA lock, Right. And all I see is a guy who's who his moves, it, everything's got to be for the gram, right? It's got to be an extra shoulder fake. It's got to be an, you know, an extra hard pull up jump shot, turn around jump shot. And I, I just, I just, he leaves me cold. He's like that hot girl at the bar that you talk to for like 10 minutes. And it's just, it's not happening, right? It's not happening. She's boring. I say that Anthony Davis is the most overrated player in the league, given where NBA group think thinks he is. Jason Tatum is number two and is creeping on number one. So yeah, I, I'm I'm off Jason Tatum. All right. So we spoke about the Eastern Conference. The mm-hmm. the Goliath in the Eastern Conference is the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. Make the case that someone's going to beat them in the East because I actually think they're going to win back-to-back titles. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, Giannis playing just like he played last year in the playoffs. Um, you know, you got Chris Middleton back getting healthy. You got Drew Holiday fighting his stroke. You know, early on, he, could, you know, he wasn't shooting very well. Um, it's it, they are easily the front runners, but I would say that you know teams have had three or four years to figure out that team, and um, you know you'll see a lot of movement around the trade deadline. I would expect, um, and I just I just I would say that there are more talented rosters than that roster, but you know Giannis is just something else. But you know if if you know James Harden, Kevin Durant figure it out. If if Joel Embiid stays healthy. And, you know, Tobias Harris is hitting his shots and, you know, you got Seth Curry hitting his shots or, you know, even Chicago, you got guys healthy and back and a full depth, uh, uh, you know, deep roster. Um, I think easily there could be a shakeup. And I think this is the most open it's been in a long time. Uh, But I would agree that the Milwaukee Bucks are definitely the favorite. um, Just having a guy named Giannis Antetokounmpo on your team. And there's something about the team that, you know, that's gone through a little bit of playoff failure, mm-hmm. finally wins it. You know, they break through. Did they catch a couple of lucky breaks along the way? Yeah, but there's a confidence about this team now that they've they've done it. And Giannis is better than he was last year. The team overall is better. Like, I love the Grayson Allen pickup in the offseason. I just – and I know they started out what whatever their record was. It didn't matter. They're 11-1 <laughs> when their three guys play, right? And they have the best player in the league, who's arguably the best defensive player in the league too. I just – I don't see a path for anyone else to really beat them at this point. <clears throat> I mean, I think it will just come down to who, who stays healthy. I mean, I will never give up. Naturally, the great equalizer, of course. Right. That, that goes without saying. I would never – I will never give up my Joel Embiid stock. I think he – talent-wise, if he, you know, stays on the court, you know, if he has shooters around him that are hitting shots, he can easily be the, the number one player in the league. Um, yes, his best is as good as anybody else's best. Right. So, you know, if you got Philadelphia 76ers hitting their shots and, 
having like not having a lot of defensive lapses, especially at the three and four position, they can make some noise easily. Well, they're going to have, they have the big trade ship that they're going to have to, that they're going to have to cash in. Right. Like I I say this about the Knicks, not to bring up the Knicks all the time. Right. You have one, they're accruing all these contracts and young assets and picks to get a dude. Right. You get one crack at it. Right. You take the swing, you get one crack at it, and you got to pick wisely. The Sixers are kind of in that situation, too, with the Simmons piece. You get one crack at it, pick wisely. But I, I agree with you with the Sixers. I, I, I don't – as much as I love Kevin Durant, <clears throat> I mean, not for the decision he made a couple of years ago because it was the wrong choice, but – I, I don't buy James Harden. I just mm-hmm. don't in the playoffs. I mean, I just don't buy it. So, I mean, I, I think he's still trying to figure out his role easily. I mean, I, you know, last year there was a lot of mismatching injuries, things like that, where they never really got to stick together. And Kyrie Irving was good, was good glue in between, but I think he's – Which is crazy if you think about it because he's a nutcase. <laughs> yeah. I just think, you know, they, they're trying to figure it out. And maybe we'll see if they can. But right now, yeah, I would, I would agree. So, yeah, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are, are the best team in the league and are going to end up repeating as champions. All right, Aaron, thanks so much for having uh, you know, taking the time. Uh, we got through a couple of technical difficulties over here. Yep. It's all good. No uh, always good stuff as usual. And uh, hopefully speak to you soon. Hopefully your Bulls cool off and my New York <laughs> Knicks catch you guys a little bit. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but dare to dream. And uh, good speaking to you, bro. Have a good one. Yes, thank you for having me again. Later. Thanks again to Mr. Aaron Perlstein for coming on and talking a little NBA, specifically about the Bulls, his Chicago Bulls that have surprised me and a lot of NBA fans out there. One quick thing before we leave, Knicks trade rumors. A lot of talk about a move potentially with Indiana involving maybe Miles Turner, maybe Sabonis. If I had to pick one, and again, depending on what the trade package looks like, I'm picking Sabonis. Sabonis is awesome and is being used totally wrong in this Indiana system. Doesn't make any sense. That guy's a game changer. I don't think Miles Turner's a game changer. He's a nice player. I don't think he's a game changer, right? And even if that means swapping Julius Randle for Sabonis, I would do it yesterday. I would do it absolutely yesterday. But anyway, we'll see what happens with the Knicks. I'm still exceedingly frustrated with them. That's episode 135 for the love of the game. Take us out ASAP first. No leash with my exotic pet, exotic card, no leash. And I design it, back to be flooded with diamonds. Cause they call me your highness, sipping on medicine. With no cough no sinus. Get a lomo the siren. I'm on a new level. I'm on it, I'm on it. I'm on a new level. I'm on it, I'm on it. I'm on a new level. I'm on it, I'm on it. I'm on a new level. I'm on a new level. Want me a new chef? I'm on a new level. Put these in the dirt. Chain with the new belt. I'm on a new level. I'm on Put it on my I'm on a new level, 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 I'm on a new level. Put me a new shovel, put me a new shovel, put these in the dirt. Chain with the new belt, put me some new belt, I'm on put it work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.